we promised you a great... Sir, we promised you a great man. Oh, yeah, nice. Nick Andre, the China WrestleMania. Hulkamania is running wild. My God, what the Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Slows Wrestling Show. My name's Alex Slows, and this is your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. Coming up, five superstars who should always be heels, five WWE title changes that must happen in 2019, two potential opponents for Laura Sullivan, Miz losing matches, and more on the Slows Wrestling Show.
Welcome back to the Slows Wrestling Show, your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. Now, according to Bleacher Report, here's four superstars who should always be heels. Number one, Randy Orton. Ta so Randy Orton's energy when he brings in when he goes into matches is always surreal. He's always bringing everything he's got in these matches coming into any sort of match. A even if it's no disqualification, no count out, hell hell in a cell, a cage match. He's always I always like him as a heel because he's always more aggressive and he's, he always has a sadistic side to him and I think he should be WWE champion again some point down the road because I would love to see him and Daniel Bryan go at it for the WWE championship as well as the Miz even if it's like a triple threat match put them all together because these guys are such main event caliber superstars and that is the reason why SmackDown still is relevant and it's the reason why SmackDown is still watched because of them number two is the Big Show so I haven't seen Big Show on WWE TV in a while I don't know the reason for that but he works better as a heel than a face because Big Show, like as a face, he doesn't really he doesn't really give off that sort of vibe to the fans. Like he doesn't give off a like he's not really over with the fans as a face. But as a heel, he it always works better out for works better for him. But I think he's fallen off as a WWE superstar recently, and just because he hasn't been on WWE, T in a, WWE TV in a while, and the only the only shows he, the only places he shows up to are house shows, and that's it. So I think he should retire soon, somewhere down the road. I don't know when, but I'd love to see a Hall of Fame speech by him sometime soon. Number three, Brock Lesnar. I think Brock Lesnar has done an awesome job in WWE holding the Universal Championship for a while. But here's my point. Let another superstar, let another WWE superstar hold the Universal Championship. Because literally Brock Lesnar holding it on and off has basically killed the championship altogether. And I saw a video of uh, What Culture Wrestling talking about this on their YouTube channel, which is pretty crazy. And I, I they do have a point. Like him holding him holding the title too much and too often has killed its value and killed like ki killed everybody else's chance of holding that championship. Like Finn Balor, look at Finn Balor. He hasn't got any opportunity for that title since he got injured because he never even lost the title to begin with. And I think a superstar like him, Seth Rollins, or Drew McIntyre should get a shot at the Universal Championship if it is to stay relevant and controlled again. Number four is Alexa Bliss. I, I Alexa Bliss has come a long way since her first role in WWE, which was a, prince, a mix of a princess and a cheerleader. That was her gimmick when she first came into WWE. And I believe her as a heel has made her a dominant women's competitor on the women's division roster because literally she, she at first she didn't really know how to, like she didn't know the experience of being a heel, but she started to grow into it with her experiences in NXT. And that's what's made her a star is her g getting more 
getting warming up to where she needs to be and getting into those roles and feeling comfortable with those roles to be a, a, a dominant woman's woman's wrestler on the roster. And I think her GM role is do, I think her GM role for the women's division on Monday Night Raw is not really needed because I think she's better off as a wrestler than a GM. I never really saw her in a GM role to begin with, so I don't I don't know what WWE's plan is behind that. But uh, hopefully, we'll just have to wait and see how she does with that, and see how her what her role is like with that. Now here's five title changes that must happen for WWE in 2019. Oscar winning the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. I believe Asuka and her unique, her, with her unique moves in the ring, make her a dangerous opponent. And I believe making her champion would boost SmackDown ratings for a while, at least, for a while until they can, uh, until, until WWE, until SmackDown can, st until WWE can find ways to uh, build their shows back up. I, and I will be talking about this later in the show. So SmackDown and Raw ratings have plummeted a big time, big time plummeted. And I'll share that with you guys later. Number two, the Revival becoming Raw Tag Team Champions. So I believe the Revival have not been a powerful time in the tag team, tag team lately. And I believe this has to be, this is because WWE is focusing on, on teams that don't really need, need, to need to be focused on or given opportunities right now. Like, like, uh, uh, like, what was that tag team? Like, uh, Heath Slater and Rhino, like, back when they were a team, like, what was the point of focusing on them when you could focus on the AOP or t other teams? Like, I don't know who's on Raw right now as tag teams, or like Lucha House Party, them. This, which is a, it's a uh, luchador tag team, a uh, three-man tag team group. Like, you should be focusing on people who are relevant right now that are trying to make it, make, n not real, excuse me, let me correct myself. But, uh, you should be focusing on people who need that chance, like the Revival. The Revival has only won the Raw Championship twice or once, I believe. And I, I believe if WWE makes a change with them, they are going to be a dominant tag team, and they they will eventually earn their way back to the to the Raw Tag Team Championships, and I believe that's going to happen sometime soon. I don't know when, but I think they really do deserve a push because they're they're really trying. They're really showing that they they they, they, they that they can try against these teams, but they haven't really give been given the proper opportunity. To show that they they can really wrestle and that they can really compete with tag teams, to, and they haven't really even won won the last three matches. Like the last th last matches I saw were against Lucha House Party, and they lost two two matches because of rules that are really ridiculous to me and that just don't make sense. Number three, Rey Mysterio becoming United States Champion. I believe making Mysterio United States Champion would put him on the map for good momentum in a feud with Randy Orton and give him a chance to defeat him in the ring to ultimately to ultimately ultimately make Rey Mysterio climb some ways to the top.
And I believe Rey Mysterio, he's been liked for so many years by a lot of fans, including me, who really like the the, to, the top underdogs, who really like the top underdogs in WWE. Like, people who came from nothing. Like, before they were wrestle, a wrestler, they came from nothing, and they had to fight and scratch their way to the top. And that's what Rey Mysterio has done, winning multiple world championships and WWE titles. So I believe he really deserves a shot at the United States Championship sometime soon. And I would love to see him in a match against Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura after he beats Shinsuke, if he beats Shinsuke Nakamura in 2019, face Randy Orton for, to defend his title. So that would be pretty cool to see. And I'm excited for what WWE is going to bring in 2019 because 2018 has not been the best year for WWE. Not at all. Not even for the Raw pay-per-views or SmackDown brand pay-per-views. The only show that's been super good all the way through 2018 has been NXT without a doubt. NXT has been on a non-stop roll just making making changes making whatever changes they need to their show to make it better. And that's what I like about them cuz they they like Triple H knows what he's doing with this program and with these superstars and that's the amazing thing about it number four the Miz becoming WWE champion so I believe for this to happen WWE have to book the Miz to win matches and landing him in competition with a heel Daniel Bryan would be amazing to watch because I've never seen the Miz as a face and I heard WWE is planning on making him a face against Daniel Bryan. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see because I've never seen him in that role. He's always been a heel since, like, I don't know. He's been a heel forever since I started watching WWE in, like, 2012. He's always been a heel. So that's it's, it's going to be pretty weird for me to see The Miz in a uh, face role. Number five, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman becoming Universal Champion. I believe in order for this to happen, WWE have to pull the trigger on him to make him win this match somehow, to book him to win the match. And he would have to be medically cleared due to his surgery because he had surgery on his elbow where he had some, I don't know, he hurt some part in his elbow and they had to do surgery on his elbow. But in order for him to show up at TLC, he would have to be medically cleared by doctors and WWE personnel. And I, they, I, Braun, Braun Strowman should be in a fatal four-way match for the Universal Championship. And the problem WWE has with not pulling the trigger on him is just they don't know what to do with him what to what where to put him in this match like how to book him and WWE should know how to do that with a main event caliber superstar like him and that's that's the hard part about it is like he came from NXT and most of the time NXT rising stars that end up in the, on the main roster just don't they just don't end up right they just don't get the opportunities that they need to get a push and to get to to make themselves better and it just doesn't make sense and i believe braun Strowman getting those opportunities would would getting those opportunities would push him even f give him would give him the mo most momentum that he needs in his career and to be to be to be to go from where he is now 
and to make a change and make a stand and submit his legacy in wrestling. And that's going to have to happen at some point. And if WWE doesn't do that for him, I, I, I don't know. Like, if I were Braun Strowman, I would give WWE one more chance. But if they just don't want to, like, give him that op- give him that that proper momentum and motivation for him to become champion i would just leave after my contract is up and opted out i would just leave and sign with a new promotion like ring of honor new japan rpw uh what's that other one major league wrestling i would sign with those companies instead because a lot right now a lot that's where a lot of wrestlers are making their money from from the indies because the indies give them the much more better they give them a much more better thing to give them much more better stuff on their contracts and they get the proper training motivation and push that they pushes that they need to stay to make their character better and that's just the whole that's the whole point of wrestling in my opinion, it's just it's, it's for a superstar to make themselves better so that they can get over with the fans. I will take a break, but when we come back, I will talk Lars Sullivan and The Miz on the Slows Wrestling Show. Holler! If you hear me! Welcome back to the Slows Wrestling Show, your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. According to Wrestling Inc., here are two wrestlers who should debut again 
against Lars Sullivan. Number one is Dolph Ziggler. So I believe Dolph Ziggler has proved time and time again that he can take on giants like Drew McIntyre. And I believe this feud against Lars Sullivan will ultimately spark and give him give Dolph Ziggler the chance to prove himself against a bigger guy like Lars Sullivan who who uses power moves and strong strong and like strong grapple moves to get around the ring and to get around his opponent. So so this would be a hard task and a challenging task for Dolph Ziggler. Possibly an alliance between McIntyre and Sullivan against Ziggler. We will have to wait and see what happens there. Possibly WWE would allow that to happen if they de de depending on show writing and how things are written out. Number two is Killian Dane. Dane was called up from sa with Sanity to SmackDown Live from the NXT roster about a year ago, and I believe this is a better matchup for Lars, being that they these two know each other, these two behemoths, and they could re they really put on a show in the ring when they wrestle against each other. I've seen it, and literally it's just power move after power move, like like haymaker after haymaker. That's literally what these guys bring to the table every time they're in a match against each other. And I believe the most dominant person in that in that match would be Lars Sullivan because he has a better size and reach advantage. And it, that would be really cool if they made that a uh, championship match for SmackDown Live or Monday Night Raw. Now, according to Cage Side Seats, The Miz has lost six matches on SmackDown Live in the last seven episodes. So, literally, SmackDown, SmackDown Live has, on SmackDown Live, The Miz has lost a lot of matches. And I believe this is really, this is really bad for a top guy. And it really degrades their chance, chances of getting back to where they need to be before, like where they were before when he was on Monday Night Raw. And this just damaged your le this damages their legacy a bit as a performer. And I think WWE w needs to eventually fix this over time to make The Miz a better superstar. Well, he he is a good superstar. I'm just saying to make make him win, they need to like find a way around the storyline a bit. And see what they can do to make him win matches. Because losing matches, that's just not good for your character. Now here's the NXT recap. The Raw, the WWE SmackDown Live recap. And the Raw recap. So here's the NXT results from December 5th. Matt Riddle versus Punishment Martinez. Now this was really cool to hear. Punishment Martinez debuted into NXT TV Wednesday last Wednesday as Matt Riddle squared off with the debuting Punishment Martinez in singles competition in the night's opening match. So the the highly touted signees battled each other with an array of strikes and takedowns until Martinez dropped Riddle with a cyclone kick. He continued answering a chop with a wicked lariat that put Riddle down. Strikes and an array of back elbows allowed Riddle to back into the match. He tried for the bro mission, but Martinez escapes. A series of, series of hard chops to the chest of the newcomer led to a second attempt at the bro mission, this time successfully. Martinez tapped out, and Riddle, Riddle scored another big win. Raw Mendoza and Humberto 
Carrillo versus the Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons, Steve, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake, accompanied by Jackson Riker, were in action Wednesday as they battled the upstart team of Raul Mendoza and Humberto, Humberto Carrillo. The speed and agility of the babyfaces frustrated Cutler and Wesley early on in the match as Mendoza and Carrillo were able to maintain elusive, to remain elusive. That stopped when a frustrated Blake tossed Mendoza into his partner and proceeded to isolate him. The heels beat Mendoza down, working to the head and neck for the midsection of the bout. A hot tag to Car- Carrillo through sparked the babyface comeback until Car- Cutler delivered a double knee to the back of Carrillo's head. From there, an inverted DDT double stomp put him away, giving the Forgotten Sons a big tag team victory. Dakota Kai versus Shayna Baszler, the Queen of Spades. Shayna Baszler brutally attacked Dakota Kai in one of her first appearances with the NXT brand, injuring her arm and sending her a loud, definitive message to the women's locker room. I remember seeing this on live TV. I think it was in a back locker room, I believe, where she attacked her at NXT TakeOver War Games. Kai's interference nearly cost the Queen of Spades her NXT Women's Championship to carry Sane. Wednesday night, the revival, the, ri- the, the rivals wrote the latest chapter in their rivalry as they squared off in singles competition. Baszler dominated early, knocking Kai at ringside before standing tall in the center of the ring. The leader of Team Kick rolled back in, beating the referee's 10 count, but, but was subjected to further punishment and suffering at the hands of her opponent. Baszler teased injuring Kai's elbow for the second time, but Kai found out... Found out fought out and fought back. She created separation with a nice double stomp. Moments later, she unloaded a series of kicks to the face that stunned the champion. As the Kiwi took off into the ropes, Baszler tripped her up and applied the choke for a submission victory. Tommaso Ciampa addresses the NXT Universe. NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa hit the ring in their final segment of the night, ready to gloat about his recent title defense against Valveteen Dream and his status as the NXT MVP. He chastised the fans and even announcer Mauro Ronaldo for not believing in him as the brand's top star and champion, which he critically, which he really deserves, because this guy is NXT championship for a reason. He's been on top for a while. He's been. He's showing the NXT universe that he d- that he is the rightful NXT champion right now until somebody can come and be a worthy opponent for him. Aleister Black interrupted and said Champa is an undeserving champion, which uh, I kind of disagree on. Black, the former champion who never received his rightful rematch, says he wants the black heart of NXT at TakeOver Phoenix. Johnny Gargano arrived on the scene saying the issues between him and Black are not settled. Ciampa on the ring apron stirred the pot trying to get his two top rivals to rip each other apart. The champion recognizing he should he could get out of a match with Black egged the situation on. He tried to encourage a steel cage match between the two going as far as to suggest they should have battled inside war games. Black accepted the match and ended up blasting Champa with Black Mass. So those are the NXT, that's the NXT recap, and now on to the WWE SmackDown recap. The vicious side of the new Daniel Bryan, which I was surprised to see this. I saw bits of clips on Instagram 
I never seen this sadistic side of Daniel Bryan before. This is something brand new, and I think WWE is going to go a long way with this. After Daniel Bryan canceled Miss TV and literally just quoted Alexander Hamilton to explain his attitude change, Miz believed that Bryan simply began to take his advice on doing whatever it takes to win. The WWE champ then went on a rant against the fans detailing how their actions in their daily lives harmed the earth. When it came down to it, Miz just wanted to hear Bryan say that he, he became the WWE champion because he listened to his advice. Bryan shot back saying that it doesn't matter because the old Daniel Bryan is dead. And he even ripped off and threw down his logo placed from the belt to prove his Wow. <laughs> this is just shocking to like actually read this because you you would never expect Daniel Bryan to turn heel. It's just it doesn't fit right with his character. But I think it's gonna I think it's gonna do wonders for WWE, and it's I'm I'm excited to see what works they apply to this role. And AJ Styles defeated the Miz via submission. Brian returned to the arena to provide commentary despite his best efforts to help Miz win. Styles earned a victory with a calf crusher. Following the bout, though, Brian viciously attacked Styles by not only working over the former champ's left knee, but repeatedly stomping his face in as officials tried to break it up. Brian eventually exited the ring and again made the ring announcer ring announcer announced him as the new Daniel Bryan while he stood atop the commentary table. After calling the fans fickle over and over, SmackDown went off the air as Bryan bolted back into the ring to continue tearing apart the knee of stop. Wow. <laughs> wow. The, just the destruction, the dismantling of Daniel of uh, AJ Styles here. It's pretty crazy. The evolution of this heel Brian character has been fascinating to watch for the short time it's been in existence. And it's then the more psychotic side of him that was unveiled on Tuesday night was another great layer to everything. The once beloved figure is drawing great heat from crowds with his promos alone and adding in cowardly vicious attacks can only speed up the process of Brian becoming one of the most hated performers in the company as his dark turns con turn continues on. If anything, the new Daniel Bryan is slowly showing us how truly great of a professional wrestling performer he is. And I have to agree with this caption here. Like, this is just getting him... O way more over than ever before becoming a heel it, even if the fans are pretending to hate him or if they actually do hate him Th it's it's literally it's this is great news to hear to hear to see daniel bryan evolve more and that's what i like about this Charlotte Flair and Asuka drama takes center stage. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose defeat Charlotte Flair and Asuka via pinfall. What else happened on SmackDown? Jey Uso defeated Cesaro via pinfall and Xavier Woods in a triple threat match. And Randy Orton defeated Jeff Hardy via pinfall. So though that is the SmackDown Live results recap. And now on to the Raw results. Intercontinental Championship match, Seth Rollins defeats Baron Corbin in a TLC match. Wow, that's pretty insane. Corbin appointed a reluctant health slater as referee of for the main event. Rollins, whose third suicide dive attempt saw Corbin intercept a choke slam 
intercept and choke slam him through a table, went on to accidentally hit Slater with a chair. A Rollins frog splash off the top rope and through a table proved to be the match's biggest spot, but Slater intercepted Rollins' attempt to win by tipping the ladder over. Corbin rallied and appeared to have the belt in his fingertips before Rollins called up the power and power bomb to him through the table. Slater apologized to Rollins but ate a super kick for his troubles before Rollins hit a stomp on Corbin and climbed the ladder to win. Ambrose walked out on the ramp to stare him down and tease their TLC match on Sunday as the show went off the air. What else happened on Monday Night Raw? Raw Tag Team Championship match: Bobby Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, Chad Gable defeat uh, the AOP and Drake Maverick via pinfall to win the titles. Natalia Ruby Riot and Hype Tables match at TLC. Drew McIntyre and, and defeats Dolph Ziggler via pinfall. Bailey defeats Alicia Fox via pinfall. Leo Rush defeats Elias. Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax face off fails to materialize, and Ember Moon defeats Tamina Snuka via pinfall. So that is the Raw recap. And now I actually want to go on to something really exciting news that just came out December 9th for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Wrestle Kingdom 13 is taking place at the Tokyo Dome. And I believe this is going to January 4th. Yeah. Inside the Tokyo Dome, this event will be taking place, and they've already confirmed the match card. So here is the special match card for this event. Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP title. Chris Jericho, Jericho versus Tetsuo Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental title. Okada versus Jay White. Kushida versus Taji Ishimori for the... IWGP Junior title, Cody versus Juice Robinson for the IWGP United States title, Gorillas of Destiny versus the Young Bucks versus Evil and Seminata for the IWGP Tag Team titles, Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the British Heavyweight title, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado versus Rapong, uh, however you say, say that name, 3K versus Bushi and Shingo for the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. Kota Bushi versus Will Ospreay for the Never Openweight title in a pre-show gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for Never Six-Man titles. So this really sounds pretty interesting, and I haven't watched New Japan in a couple months since the summer, so I'm really looking forward to this. If I have time, I will definitely watch this pay-per-view. And January 7th, depending on... Depending on how much work I have to start of the uh, the spring semester, I will definitely watch this if I can if I have time. And it would be really the matches I really want to watch are Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Okada versus Jay White, Cody versus Drew Robinson, the tag team match for the IWGP tag titles, the Zack Saber Jr. British Heavyweight Title match. And Kotobushi versus Will Ospreay. All those matches on this card sound amazing. 
and they they sound like they're going to be well placed, well performed matches, and the, literally that's what Wrestle Kingdom is all about. Every year, they they find different ways to wow the crowd with excitement and performances by these well trained professional wrestlers who are changing the business, who have changed the, the business of the indie wrestling organization for sports entertainment. So that that's going to be crazy to watch. Now I'd like to talk about Monday Night Raw's ratings. Raw's last Raw's ratings last week reached a record low of 2.29 million. So that's really bad. And this is really bad news for WWE. And why this is happening is this is because fans don't understand the feuds enough and they don't understand who's heel or face for the shows and promos because it's they're literally just flip-flopping back and forth. Like, you have to stay. If you're going to write a storyline, you, you're going to have to stay with the heels and faces for a while. And usually that can take up to, like, three to four, like three to four years. Like, look at what happened to Seth Rollins when he first turned heel. He stayed a heel for about, like, three, four and a half years. That's how long it should take for for a heel and face to stay in that position and diehard fans are slowly slipping away which puts WWE in trouble of sticking around with a show and I believe people are not enjoying Raw each week because of this and it needs to change for WWE to get better ratings and the same with Smackdown Live Smackdown Live's ratings have became the smallest audience of 2018 and they failed to break the 2 million mark on December 4th and that's really really bad news because it's, it's the segments and promos and matches are just not enough for fans and they are too short and they have to it's hard to tell who's heel or face with with they with constantly switching roles around like I said WWE must keep the roles or in place and continue to keep working with these performers backstage to make them to make their heel or face persona better over time and to make the shows more interesting or ratings will continue to fall like ratings will continue to spiral down and that's bad for the company if they don't get anything fixed so it just has to be done or the people are just going to lose interest in WWE and it's slowly already happening which is kind of sad and it's sad for me too for me being a wrestling fan and watching WWE all these years it's it's it just doesn't it's really it's just really horrible like this has there has to be a change there just has to be a fix that's going to do it for this episode. Big thanks to HCC Hawk Radio Studios for allowing me back in the studio this semester. Shout out to Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling for allowing me to have their performers as special guests on this show. It really means a lot to me and has helped me grow th more this semester. Big thank you to all the listeners out there, including people over at 1067 The Fan DC Sports Radio. Without you guys, the audience, and this show would not have gotten as far as it did. So I, uh, as far as it did. So I really, really appreciate it. I don't know if I will be back in this studio, but stay posted on my Twitter at ShowSlows for updates. And as always, feel free to check out my past episodes at https double slash anchor fm slash slows wrestling. This is Alex Rose from Hawk Radio signing off. 
Have a good afternoon and a happy new year, everybody.
this is about to get real crazy, right? Nut has more pee content than Squirt does. Nigga, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. That's illogical. It is. Listen, the pee and the cum comes out at the same place in a male body. Yeah. Ours doesn't. But squirting is pee. It's like diluted pee, though. It's like mostly water and a little bit of diluted pee. There's just like, I'm not, I'm not gonna say like 50 pee, but it's like a lot more pee than ours. You're lying. No. Wow, that is such a fun fact. <laughs> like, wow. Um, I used to think, you know, women, wom- woman secretion in the liquid manner was disgusting. I think that's mine. You trying to steal my headphones, homie? Like, damn. No, that's fine. Mine. No, sick. those are yours. I'm, I was really trying to tell you that those are the ones that go over here. Oh wait, I lied. I'm lying. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm just giving. I'm like, I'm like saying you're doing stuff that you're not doing. I'm sorry to blame me for that. Wow. Share. What's up? Share about it. Oh what? Share about it. Share about what? Why are you saying wow? No, I was just saying because the headphones. Oh, yeah. Well, wowzers, wowie zowie. So, um, one cool thing that I've always loved and now rue the day, like, I really thought about it and how embarrassing this is. Like, being in a really silent bathroom and then having to rip open a pad. Oh, yeah. You know that (laughs) sound? Like, like, that's so embarrassing. It's normal, though. Like, pretty much everybody else in the bathroom, unless they're trans, like, they gotta do... It's not even that. It's like, I wasn't... No, I didn't use tampons back then when I was younger. 